0: Hi, it's Brian Tarrant from Significance Magazine, and I'm here at JSM 2019 in Denver, Colorado with Brian McDonald, Director of Sports Analytics at ESPN. Hi Brian. Hi Ariel. Very good, thank you. Very good. Uh, Welcome to to JSM, and today we're going to be talking about eSports data, which is something that I'm sort of interested in uh, from a personal perspective because I play a lot of games, but not competitively because I'm pretty rubbish at them. So uh, tell me,
1: eSports data, how long have you been involved in, interested in this area? Uh, I've only been really working with eSports data for about a year or so now. Um, Just kind of got interested in it because um, of the, basically the booming popularity of eSports and I've done a lot of sports analytics work so I've I've worked with sports data a lot. Um, eSports seemed very similar to that just because there's a lot of team games, you know, like five-on-five type team games, and so that it has some similarities with hockey and basketball, it seemed, but it also seemed different enough so that it wouldn't be exactly the same as those. So I just thought it would be sort of interesting to, to start, um, you know, studying those things and you know a quick uh, a quick search of the web and uh, and didn 't really see a lot of the uh, a lot of the analysis that has been done in sports they haven 't really seen it um, done in eSports, so that 's yeah. quite interesting I think because you you 'd imagine that it being
0: all based on computers that you'd have ready access to the data, and that would almost be built into the sport from
1: the ground up. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the data definitely. You know, there's there's benefits of the, the data, in theory, it should be you know uh, you know pretty much perfect data in theory. Um, and uh, so that's you know sort of one of the benefits but it seemed like um, a lot of time was spent on other things other than analyzing that data um, you know some some folks spend time um, creating like AI robots to play the game very well and things like that but um, as far as like analyzing player performance which is you know one of the things that is done a lot in sports analytics um, didn't seem like there was a whole lot uh, done in that area so.
0: so can you I mean you, you spoke about being interested in sports analytics before but can you pinpoint the moment that you thought hang about this esports data might be uh, worth
1: digging into is there anything that um, uh, catalyzed that interest I don't know that I, I can remember the the point where that happened I think it was just uh, you know I saw some statistics on you know what, what the revenue was for the you know or what the viewership was for these uh, for these things and I also um, I also had a couple people that I work with uh, who would watch Fortnite basically on, on Twitch, like during the workday, for example. So, um, so that might have helped catalyze it. You know, it, it's a you, they were they were a younger you know a younger group of. Um, of colleagues, and, um, you know, it was just, it was obvious that it was much more interesting to those folks, and so, you know, eSports, it, you know, it must have a pretty good future as those folks grow older. Um, uh, you know, I think viewership and, and the revenue will, will likely grow.
0: So ha- where did you start when you wanted to start digging into this data. Were were there ready-made sources of information online that you could download and analyze, or did you have to approach companies about getting
1: access to their databases? Yeah, there was a couple uh, sources online that we uh, heard about through, basically just through a friend, um, um, where they, they basically have done a lot of the pulling of the data from um, the, the company that makes the game and they've uh, you know, sort of cleaned it and, and put it in a pretty usable format. There's also an R package um, that helped with um, pulling some of that data. So I think we kind of got data from two different sources, the R package and then uh, scraping, um, like web scraping.
0: So. Well, what sort of data are we talking
1: about here? What are you, what are you dealing with? What are you looking at? Uh, I mean, the, the basic data that we use is um, basically game-by-game game data for players. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the, the data just tells you, you know, how many kills, assists, deaths. Um, you know, the, the one game that we've been focusing on is Defense of the Asians 2, and um, so they have... Um, Gold uh, per minute is one of the big things um, with that game, and so so it has those things, and then you can tell whether um, you know what team they're on and whether or not that team won or lost the game. So those are the main data points that we've been using.
0: And what are the questions that you're looking to answer
1: through this data? What are the areas that you're focusing on in particular? I think the most um, the most uh, sort of most important thing that we were looking at was uh, we wanted to come up with. Um, an evaluation of, uh, of player performance, basically. So it's a common thing that's done in sports analytics where you have these team games, um, and each player has an individual contribution. Um, but, you know, looking at the, the most basic stats won't tell the whole story because, um, you know, the, the basic, you know, we call them, like, box score-type stats in, in regular sports. So just looking at, like, kills, deaths, gold, something like that, it's not going to tell you the full story because those are highly dependent on the player's role. And, and they're also highly dependent on how good the player's teammates are. Um, you know, when, and whether, whether or not they lose the game is also highly dependent on who the player's teammates are. So we wanted to come up with a, sort of a metric for player performance um, that accounts for um, their, the player's teammates and their opponents. And what is that metric that you're using? So it's a regression-based metric. Um, um, yeah. It's uh, we. We're calling it adjusted plus-minus. That's what it's been called. And um, you know, for example, I, I've done it in hockey before, along with uh, a few other folks. And then um, I think it was originally done in basketball. But the idea is, uh, you know, the plus-minus statistic in basketball or hockey is, you know, you get a plus one for every point that's scored when you're on when you're in the game, and a minus one for every point that the opponent scores when you're in the game um and uh so that's what plus minus is the adjusted plus minus is um just referring to the fact that you're you kind of have a plus minus type statistic but you're adjusting for uh yeah the players teammates and opponents and
0: the metric that you've got the data that you you have are you starting to see esports teams get interested in it in the way that say you know Baseball, basketball, hockey teams are are really investing in data now.
1: Yeah, we hope uh, teams start to get interested in it. We haven't um, published it yet, so we're we're giving a presentation here at JSM. Um, we have a paper that's you know close to being a, a final draft that we'll be submitting sometime soon. So, um, but hopefully after that, you know, um, we'll see some teams get interested. I think you know some of the leagues are coming up with their own um, sort of advanced stats. I think Overwatch League actually just released. Something a couple days ago um, that was that was sort of a, a more advanced player type metric didn't seem to be the same kind of thing as what we're doing didn't seem to be uh like a just a plus minus thing but it seemed like uh you know a, um, it seemed like it was an improvement over um, you know what's out there so so leagues are definitely interested in in providing these metrics and you know i imagine teams would be interested as well so that's kind of the hope And
0: know the use, use case is going to be roughly the same you know in terms of trying to optimize the strength of the team make sure that you've got a good good number of sort of attacking players and defending players or yeah. However, it might be. Yeah, it might
1: to a game. Yeah, exactly, and that that kind of thing. And then also, you know, eventually, hopefully, um, we'll be able to um, model sort of what players play well with which other players, or or what um, you know characters or heroes um, that the players used mesh well with other ones. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of things that people kind of know by experience and from playing the game, but um, but maybe there's something new that we uncover or, um, you know, maybe we quantify, you know, by how much does this actually matter? Um, we we know it matters, but how much does it matter? Does it matter a little bit or does it matter a whole lot? So, um, so those are the kinds of things like chemistry between players sort of, you know, team chemistry and, and things like that. You know, pretty much anything that you might ask about a regular sport, um, we would kind of ask the same kinds of questions with... With, uh, with eSports. But
0: of course, the interesting thing with eSports is that you've got the players and then you've got their avatars, haven't you? So you're, you're kind of dealing with almost two characters or, you know, two individuals to have to yeah. model because I guess at player, you know, the, the human
1: player performance might vary depending on which character they choose, which role they decide to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 that adds an interesting element um, to eSports that's not really there in sports. I mean it's it's sort of there in that there's a, you know there's some things about an athlete that they can't really do they can't by training they can't change this attribute about themselves so like height for example can't really change your your height but you know something like strength you could change so like these um these avatars the heroes they have these attributes uh, and and so that's almost kind of like the physical body that that an athlete has um and uh yeah so that's it's it's an area that um i think is uh, is one of the most interesting things that we hope to look at is is just the role that heroes play and it's just it's pretty different from um the kinds of things that we see in sports analytics
0: are there other differences wrinkles whatever you might call them between you know your experience with traditional sports and and esports.
1: Yeah, I think um you know, there's definitely a lot of similarities. I think the big differences um you know, you kind of just talked about the heroes. I think age might be another big difference. Um not really sure. So t- typically in sports, it's much uh more difficult to project a player's performance if the player is young. So it's much more difficult to project a 16-year-old than a 21-year-old for example um just because of the the, the growth you know the, the physical growth and development that they undergo during those years um so i guess it's not totally clear yet whether uh you know the fact that esports um athletes are are much younger you know um uh, it's not clear yet whether that will make it more difficult to project their future performance, or if the, just the nature of esports is such that it's it's actually easier to project future performance for some reason. Um, you know, maybe the the kinds of skills uh, or you know the, the physical growth maybe doesn't matter as much the physical development, um, and and so maybe you know players are roughly the same you know when they're 16 versus 21. I, so that's another like unanswered question that would be pretty interesting to. Um, to try to tackle
0: and uh, are there are there other sort of challenges that you foresee on the way to getting esports analytics established within the esports community getting it getting that
1: interest and that sort of
0: investment in it that we see elsewhere
1: yeah I don't know uh, I don't have a good feel for um, what the hurdles would be um, part of me thinks that you'll have the same hurdles as you do in sports uh, part of me thinks that uh, you know the community might be um sort of more familiar with or or more accepting of sort of technological advances or um, just making use of data just because of the nature you know the, the folks that worked on the game and created the game, you know a lot of computer scientists things like that um, so in that sense maybe maybe it would be you know more quickly accepted than it is in uh, more traditional sports I guess one of the
0: interesting aspect though is that by and large traditional sports don't change very often mm-hmm. whereas uh, when I say don't change I mean the rules stay fixed mm-hmm. um, esports there's a, there's a kind of expectation that games will be updated new maps, rebalancing of weapons
1: and character skills and things like that, I guess that adds another layer to consider. Yeah, yeah, that's another interesting part of this. Uh, one of the, I, I should have mentioned it when you asked about the differences, but that's uh, that's another one of the, the big differences that'll be interesting to look into. Um, and I think the the Overwatch League uh, metric that I mentioned before kind of takes into account um, patches. So um, different ratings uh, uh, for players, um, you know, depending on which patch, um, uh, game patches. And so I think I think that's a really, uh, I'm not totally sure the best way, I I, I don't know right now how we're going to go about dealing with that, but uh, it's definitely something that, uh, that should be dealt with because it does sort of change the game. You know, mid season. I mean, regular sports might have rule changes in the off season, or, you know, enforcement of the rules sort of uh, change from regular season to the playoffs sometimes, depending on the sport. Um, but there's nothing where just, you know, in the middle of the regular season, all of a sudden a rule changes that uh, affects, you know, the player's abilities, and,
0: you know. But your that, kick
1: becomes you know, less powered or anything. Right, yeah. right.
0: Yeah. So uh, with your role at ESPN, um, are you, will you be working specifically on esports data? Because I know they, they have a—they show a lot of the esports com- competitions now, don't they?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think um, you know at some point, well, I'll be working um, more on esports. Uh, you know, I think there um, there's more of a focus on football, um, college and pro football, and college and pro basketball. Um, you know, I'll be doing some hockey there as well. Um, I think eventually I'll do some esports as well, especially if it's um, something that ESPN starts. Starts covering more and more, just as the popularity of esports grows. Um, but you know, for now, like the, the most popular things on ESPN are football and basketball, so that's where a lot of the focus will be.
0: But you, I can definitely see it um, from my own experience of playing games and watching uh, these online competitions. You can really imagine the, the data becoming. A much richer part of the fan experience than than say it would be. You get you know you get your football fans, you get your baseball fans that are into their statistical analysis and they they follow the numbers. But I think maybe video gamers are naturally predisposed to you know looking at kill ratios, kill death ratios, that sort of thing. That they're going to really be hot on that. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, that was that was sort of the hope, one of the hopes when we when we started this that. Um, you know, the kinds of things that we work on would be, would be uh, adopted um, and maybe with less hurdles than, um, uh, than are in the, the, the traditional or physical sports. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, the, the folks are more predisposed to sort of being interested in this kind of thing.
0: Well, as they say on TV, watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Brian. It's great to talk to you today and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the JSN. Great talking with you too. Thank you. My name is Brian Tarrant and I'm the editor of Significance Magazine. Find us online at significancemagazine.com. For this special JSM series of podcasts, we're collaborating with Stats & Stories. Stats & Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film and the American Statistical Association. Follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcast, or other places where you can find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on our program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu, or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats & Stories where we explore the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.